Welcome to episode 15 of Informed Aging, a podcast about health, help, and hard decisions for older adults. I'm Robin Roundtree. I spent six years as a family caregiver and now work in the senior care industry with Senior Helpers, a company providing in-home care to residents of Central Florida. With me is my co-host, Edith Gendron. She's the Chief of Operations for the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center, a positive approach to care certified trainer and consultant, and a former family caregiver with over 20 years of experience in the industry. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to us, not our employers, sponsors, or guests. If you want to get mad, get mad at us and not at them. Before making any significant changes in you or your person's life, please consult your own experts. Today, we're talking about retirement. Yes, money can be an uncomfortable subject, but it's best not to bury your head in the sand. To help us navigate this difficult topic is Tony Peroni, president and founder of the Estate and Business Planning Group. He uses his financial expertise to assist his clients in designing income-producing portfolios for retirement. He's going to explain what that is to me. He also hosted his own radio talk show, Now You Know, for 16 years and wrote the retirement planning book, I Didn't Know I Could Do That. We'll be back with Tony right after this. Senior Helpers is the only home care agency offering a revolutionary new way to approach senior care the Life Profile Assessment. This data-based app is a crucial tool in helping seniors age safely and successfully at home. Combined with our proven in-home care programs and trained caregivers, Senior Helpers Life Profile is leading the way to better outcomes for our clients. For more information, log on to SeniorHelpers.com. And we're back. Tony Peroni, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, it's great being with you two ladies. Well, wonderful. Let's talk about retirement. I think when I was in my 20s that I just thought, oh, I don't have to work anymore. And that was the goal. But goals change, right? Oh, yes. Now I think the plan is I still will be working in some way, but I don't have to work. If I decide that morning that I'm done, I'm done. So, Edith? Absolutely. I'm done and I'm heading to Ireland and Tony's going to show me how to do that in 10 easy steps. Wow. (laughs) So I assume when people come to talk to you, Tony, you help them navigate exactly what their retirement looks like? Well, yeah, usually the more mature clientele, 50s and 60s, not more the younger clientele that are starting out. You kind of have to do that on your own and budgets and different things like that and nothing easy about it. I think you said either said 10 easy steps. There's nothing easy (laughs) about saving money, right? (laughs) But most importantly is between the 401ks and you're saving your money. The biggest goal is you have to save money no matter if you're broke or wealthy. Because right. if you don't start the good habit of saving, you're not, if you don't save money when you don't have money, you know, to save, even if it's $5 a month, even if it's $10 a month, when you have money, then you're just not going to save either. It's just a creature of habit. It's almost like dieting or whatever your workout program. So the best thing I can tell the younger generation is to save something, $5, $10, 20, just get in the habit of doing it. So then when you do start making bigger money, it's, it's part of your DNA. Right. Good, good advice there. So someone comes to you, they have been saving. How do you know that magic number to save for? That's the important part. I don't know it. I always throw the question back and we call it the burn rate. How much do you need to retire on? So you take all your hard cost, which is your electric bill, your mortgage, uh, your car payments, whatever it might be. We call it the hard cost. Find out what the hard cost is to see exactly what that number is. 
And then we start working backwards from there. Okay. And then from that number, I do do a calculation, say whatever that number is. If it's 50 grand a year, okay, then this is how much money you need. But then there could be social security income. There could be a pension. Deduct that. And then we start working backwards and finally get a number that we need to settle on. And then we figure out how to get there between 401ks and do you have a pension or social security, whatever it ends up being. Never include inheritance though. You never include, because it might not be there. They might use it for assisted living or adult daycare. You you can never bank on an inheritance because that's very dangerous to do that. Yeah, I know Edith and I have counseled the adult children. It's it's mom and dad's money until mom and dad aren't here. So do not make the plans based on your pocketbook. (laughs) Because we're going to encourage mom and dad to spend every cent they can. Yes. For the best quality care that they can get. Um, top notch, whatever they need, they get. So whatever's left is left. So, and with medical costs today, that can blow through an inheritance pretty quickly. So I yes. tell all the kids, inheritance is just icing on the cake if we get it, but we got to bank zero. Nice, good advice there. So everybody's got a different number then. Oh yes. Okay, so you can't just go if I get a million dollars, I'm good. You could say you get a million dollars, you can get a fifty thousand dollar income. But that doesn't mean anything. It's 5% as a going number for an income play off of it, income stream. Mm-hmm. But is 50 your number? Right. Depends on all the European trips you take and the yachts that you have and <laughs> the private jets. Then no, it won't. Um, if you're just simple, then yeah, it might be enough. Plus, usually a Social Security check or two if you're married. So okay. you always have to add another thirty to 40000 That's about eighty grand. You know, that's about a median income for retirees between fifty and eighty. Okay. It's more about the debt. What's going out the back door? Uh, okay. Do you, is your, you still owe money in your house? Do you still have a car payment? How about your in-laws that moved in with you? You know, oh. there's a lot of outgoing expenses that changes that, that base number that we're looking for. Okay. All right. So everybody's got a different number. Debt pops into my head. Um, I know in my 20s and early 30s, I had a lot of it, but finally dug myself out, did that saving habit, as you say, and now I can focus more on the retirement. But can you conquer both at at the same time? Can you save and pay off debt or should you just do one or the other? No, you should do both. A lot of people maybe get an inheritance or do get some extra money. And the first thing to do is take that cash and pay off debt. Worst thing you can do, because if you don't have some kind of cash to fall back on, then you're going to be right back in debt again. It's still back to changing your habits. That's why, you know, fad diets don't make it. You have to change the way you're living your life. So you got to kind of work yourself into it because a lot of people will pay off debt quickly, but then they get themselves right back into it again, Um, you know, which is important. So you have to make sure you keep that balance as much as you can. But just don't go and do a chunk of money towards debt until you figure out a game plan, making sure you have enough in savings. So let's assume you had debt of 20,000 in credit cards and you end up inheriting 50 for whatever reason, say that number. I might put maybe 10,000 against the debt and leave about 40 in cash and then whittle away that debt a little bit at a time. Oh, Just okay. so you have something to fall back on. Cause if not, life's gonna throw you a curveball and you're back in debt again. Okay, so let's say I'm 35, I got an inheritance. I don't know what to do. Who should you contact for a a question like that? That would be important because a lot of younger people don't have advisors. So they really need to either talk to their parents' advisors. A lot of, we get a lot of our younger clients from our parents, our kids. I mean, the kids of our Mm -hmm. clients, but then getting with an advisor, sit down with them 
and get a game plan because that's usually the largest lump sum of money they've ever controlled. Right. Because the 401k, they don't really control. That's really inside the company 401k. It's out of mind, out of sight. When you get an inheritance, that's money. That's your yeah. cash. You got to go look at the account numbers. You got to figure out what you're going to do with it and, and get with a planner to, to kind of go over the whole scheme of things. And then we can figure out the best use of the money not just go buy a new Corvette or a new boat or start giving money to kids and grandkids. They might think it's a lot of money, but it really isn't. Right. 100,000, 300,000, 500,000 and lump sum seems like a lot of money. It really isn't a lot of money in today's numbers. Mm. You know, so you have to make sure you just get the advice. That's the biggest key. Okay. And should everybody have a financial advisor? I think somebody should have somebody they should talk to. Okay. Are they going to let them manage the money or are they just going to come in for brain power? Because we do have some clients that just, hey, Tony, we just want to pay you per year and we just, we want to manage our own money. We just want to make sure the tax codes and, you know, estate planning and all this other information. There's some people that can do it on their own, just like there's mechanics that can also change their own motors out. Right. Good Um, for them. But money, religion. You know, those are two and politics, very emotional things that um, money will drive you crazy, you know, and so you got to watch the ups and downs. It makes you do some bad things and behavior um, Mm -hmm. when it comes to bad moves. So a lot of times most people need that support from an advisor that's not emotionally attached. There seems to be so many choices also. And as you've already said, it's individual for the individual, for your individual lifestyle. And I know from my own personal perspective, it's like, well, I've got X amount of dollars because I sold the house, right? And all the choices I have still don't tell me for my personal lifestyle, what's the best choice? That kind of stuff. But that's where a financial advisor who pays attention, who understands, they can be the one to step in and say, yes, here are your six choices. And given your personal situation, I recommend these three over the other three. Something like that. Is that kind of how it can You work? hit it right on the head is you got to get the options and the pros and cons of each option. And then it's your choice. Um, and every advisor is going to be a little different. So you mm-hmm. just got to go kick the tires, do the interviews, um, get references. My biggest thing with when it comes to advisors, go to an independent person, one that doesn't fly anybody's flag. And so then you get a, should get a little bit more non-biased opinion. You got to watch how I say that. Um, usually have a better odds of that, but you still got to be comfortable with the person, the staff, um, you know, the whole office mindset of the firm, because you don't want to change advisors. It's, it's, it could be costly. Oh. So when you finally, I always say get in bed with an advisor, when you finally, <laughs> you know, make that relationship, you really got to get that gut feeling and try to, you know, making sure you made that right decision. Now, if you have to make a change, you have to make a change if you got it wrong, but you want to make sure you do your due diligence as much as you can. Okay. So how do you know you got a good one? Do you do the research before or? I that, mean, that's, that's a tough one. You just got to make sure the ser- main thing is they service you because right. we all have the same toolbox. There's only so much stock in the stock market. There's only so many investments. There's tax laws. We all have the same rule book. It's an opinion. And so basically you have to sit there making sure they have the same mindset you have and you're not fighting with them all the time, him or her, um, making sure the staff answers phone calls promptly, you know, and making sure they get back with you. If you start losing that, you're paying a fee. You might as well pick up and leave and go with a firm that's going to answer to every becking call to make sure things are done at that point in time. So you want to make sure you do that holistic planning too, not just money, but tax planning. I got kids in college. I got aging parents. What do I do with them? If they start saying, oh, I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do that. Then 
Now you just got a money manager. Nothing wrong with that. There's somebody that just invests and that's it. Well, you might as well go ahead. If you're going to pay a fee, you get, a, get somebody that kind of has A to Z covered than just, you know, C. And you're kind of missing the rest of the alphabet. So if you're going to pay a fee, there's more holistic advisors out there today with the knowledge and the degrees and the backing letters behind their name. Now that somebody that has now furthered their education, not just, oh, I don't answer tax questions or I don't answer legal questions and I don't, and they just keep pushing you off. That's usually not a good sign. Okay. That is good to know. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Very good to know. Very good. We'll have more questions with Tony Peroni right after this. For over 37 years, the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center has served as a central Florida-based grassroots nonprofit and community resource center dedicated to providing support and hope for families and individuals caring for someone they love who is living with Alzheimer's disease or other dementia-related illness. The ADRC empowers caregivers with the knowledge, support, skill, and strategies through a variety of programs to help them confidentially prepare for the challenges that lie ahead. To learn more, visit their website at adrccares.org. That's adrccares.org. So I've seen these TV commercials, I'm sure you've seen them too, um, about planners that don't make money unless I make money. What, what is that all about? Number one, as a planner, we're always going to make money. Let's be very clear. <laughs> There's not too many charitable planners out there. Oh, I imagine that. So no matter what, I'm going to make money. So the key is who's disclosing how much and how do you make it? I think that's the biggest key. Our industry's in a big battle about that right now. Oh, okay. Commission versus fee versus time. There's all kinds of different ways an advisor can make money. And I'm not a, I'm not a fan of any one way to do it. You can, I'd say a balance. Sometimes commission's better than fee-based. Fee-based is better than you know time-based. So there's a lot of different variables there. So you just got to go back to that advisor that's independent, that can wear multiple hats. Because you want to make sure that sometimes it's better to go this way than that way. And you want to make sure they have the flexibility. But what you're speaking of, they make money when you make money is a fee-based that's based on your assets. So 1% of a million dollars is 10 grand a year. Well, if it went down to 900,000, well, it's only nine grand a year. So they still made money. Right. So that, that commercial on TV, they only make money when they, no, they're still going to make money, just less money. And they got two clients that are not happy, but they're still going to make money. Okay. So be aware of that, that if they do good, we do good. So that statement's true that they say in their commercials. So but it's okay to have that, maybe a blend of different things. But I don't know if there's any, the industry's trying to push all fee-based. And I do believe there's some places that commission-based fits because it doesn't cost the client, you know, yeah. a, in a fee to the bottom line. But the agent or the advisor got a broker deal, a broker commission from it. So I always say, you got to trust your person still. Back to that gut feeling. Is this person doing the right thing for you? And do your due diligence, making sure that it makes sense for you. Um, and then and you just got to yeah, make sure you do due diligence and look through that interview, that process. Okay. So you've had somebody build up your retirement fund. Do you need somebody to help guide you through spending it? Like, do you know, put up those roadblocks where, oh, you've gone through a lot quickly. Let's slow down the spending. Or should you figure it out yourself? Wait, do you need somebody to help you through retirement? Yeah, because a lot of people don't get to an advisor until their mid-50s, 60s, mm. about three to five years before retirement. They go, uh-oh, I'm about to retire, and they might have a half a million, a million dollars in a 401k, very common, because that's usually the biggest 
asset that they have besides their house. Okay. Most people out there today, then they go, oh, I'm about to retire. Accumulation phase is when you're working. That's actually an easy phase. As long as you save money, you accumulate it. Distribution phase is a whole nother ball game. Now we're going to ask your money to do something you never asked it to do before. You're going to ask it to pay you. You just been asking it to grow. Now you're going to put pressure on it and you're going to ask it to send you a check each month and please don't go down. I mean, that's kind right. of what you're asking your money to do for you now. So now it's a different ball game. You just can't have growth investments only now that you've done great at and you thought you've had it figured out. You haven't put any pressure on it. The way I like to explain it, if I tell you to go walk a mile, oh, I can, well, I've been walking a mile for years. Okay, hold on, let me jump on your back and now walk a mile. Because oh. that's what income distribution does. So the game changes now. So you better have a game plan. So a lot of people get to advisors when they get close to that, I call it D-Day, but retirement day. Then right. okay, now I need help because distribution is, is important. Puts a lot of pressure on the portfolio. And also you kind of freak out a little bit because you're not working anymore. I call it a goose laying golden eggs. Mm-hmm. You're not laying eggs anymore. You better take care of that goose because right. when you're working, you're kind of, kind of superhuman. You don't care about the ups and downs. You don't even open up your statement. When you're retired, you have nothing better to do except for look at your statements and freak out. Ooh. And that's what usually, ha- and bad behavior happens. Because yeah. now, oh, I'm retired. Oh, let me look at, oh my God, how am I going to be able to make my income? And my market's going, let me pull the trigger. Let me get out. Well, you just made behavioral finance we go to now, courses. You just made a bad decision. Now you've gotten out low, mm. which you're supposed to buy low. Right. Right. And get out high. <laughs> you've gotten out low. And then when it comes back up, you're going to get back in. And that's why everybody says, every time I'm in the market, I lose money. That's because you're bad behavior at that point. So, I always call myself more of a behavioral you know, finance psychologist more than oh. anything because it is emotional. So it's an emo- emotional roller coaster ride. So you got to get with a planner that's going to show you the ups and the downs and always ask a planner what happened in 2020 in March, what happened in 08, what happened on 9-11 to your portfolios. Right. Don't let an advisor talk about positive things all the time. You want to go back to the negative years and how did you perform in that year? Nice. What was the backstop? If you can weather those three years, 9-11, 08, and March of 2020, and, you can, and, you, and you're satisfied with, the, okay, this is the advisor for me then. Not what they did last year. Last year was a record year. Right. So they're just snowballing you on that one. All right. So the name of the show is Informed Aging. What advice would you have about retirement that fits under informed aging? That's a big umbrella. But as you're looking toward retirement, middle age, what's your advice? The main thing is, back to the, the, the copy of my book, I didn't know I could do that, is learning everything that's available to you. That's what people aren't getting out there right now. They're doing it themselves because of the mobile apps or the do-it-yourself because mm-hmm. it's cheaper. Well, we all learn cheaper is not better. Yes. You can go to some of the discount store and get a screwdriver for 99 cents, and the minute you turn it, it breaks. Right. So you got to remember, this is your this is your life. You don't go find the cheapest doctor for heart surgery, right? you know, and this is your financial future. So cheaper is not always better. I'm not saying don't educate yourself. I'm just saying it's worth getting that expertise to make sure you know what the new tax laws are. How can it take advantage of them? You might say, that's my CPA job. Well, it's really not your CPA's job. Your CPA's job is to do the taxes for last year. Uh, and keep it's, you out of jail. And keep you, yeah, <laughs> making sure you do it right, right? Yeah. I always say, keep you out of the orange jumpsuit. But, um, 
It's the forward thinking advisor to make sure you understand tax laws. Like I said, I'm showing a chart right here. You know, all the laws for 2022. What were the laws for 2020? Knowing there's, there's no capital gain tax right now under 15% bracket. Knowing what the taxation of Social Security is. Knowing how you build your assets and how they're going to, in the distribution phase, how they're going to come out. People are just worried about building. Well, what about the distribution phase? Every time an administration changes in our government, they change tax laws. It's a moving target. Well, you better have options to be able to manipulate your portfolios or the way you distribute money based on current administration. Republican, Democrat, Independent, I don't care. It changes. You better be flexible and not have all your money in a 401k, 100% taxable. I mean, that's a problem. That's a big problem based on administrations and how they can tax that. But if you have it broken up, I always like to say clean money, super clean money, and dirty money. So you should have all three kinds of money that are out there so you can be flexible based on whatever the administration gives all us. Right. Tony Peroni, it has been a pleasure talking with you today. We do have more questions. So our next podcast will be a continuation of this conversation. Tony Peroni, the president and founder of the Estate and Business Planning Group and author of the Retirement Planning Book. I didn't know I could do that. Thank you so much for being with us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast, Informed Aging, and tell your family and friends about us. You'll find us on Twitter and Instagram at informed underscore aging and then facebook.com slash informed aging. If you need to reach us, you can email us informedagingpodcast at gmail.com. That's all for now. We're looking forward to our next visit.